You ready? Clinkity clink. Ew, there's something in mine. I don't, ew, I know exactly what this is. You There's bastard. dry erase shavings. <laughs> That's disgusting. Do I just take it? I they, think so. They are my own shavings from my own Gumshoe Weekly board. <laughs> it's not that I felt them. It's that I knew they were there. And that made me choke. Fair enough. Um, are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. We can <laughs> cut that out, though. <laughs> Just trying to get fast and loose. I'm glad I did a big boy shot, even though there was dry erases in it. We so need to gross. introduce ourselves and also our podcast. Okay. Um, I have to think of a name really quick. Okay, I'll start. Welcome back to Gumshoe Weekly, the epicenter of murder, mystery, and mayhem. I'm your host, Brianna. Hold on. Oh, my God. <laughs> you did not. I don't know how fast you think my phone moves. Why did you just think of one with your brain? Because I be, obviously I did that last time and I paused for so long and I'm not even sure I've never used that name. We're going to have to do a whole fucking Excel file just for your names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. My name is JL. Very similar to your real name. <laughs> it's actually spelled J-A-E-L. JL. 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 It's definitely probably the name of an angel. So Probably. It's Alrighty. a variant of Jaleel. Jaleel. I could have just said Jaleel. You should have just said Jaleel. Jaleel White. Okay. Oh, well, I'm leaving this It means God waits. Okay? God waits. I know that off the top of my head because it's my real name. I wasn't Googling anything. <laughs> Cut everything out. <laughs> Cut the whole intro out. <laughs> my secret. My shave. Okay, welcome back, little gumshoe babies. Oh, that's cute. We love you because you're our children. <laughs> Welcome to this week's second episode. The treat just for you guys because we were selfish enough to go on vacation. The but double don't worry. trouble, the double team, the double penetration. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're a little, little loose. A little we're a little fast loose. and loose. We were playing it fast and loose. And you know we recorded these together because we told you. Yep. So welcome to your treat this week for our abandonment. Alrighty yeah. then. All right. Do you have a question? Who's your favorite Bob's Burgers? Whoa! Cup? I found another full yellow note oh. notebook. Notebook. <laughs> Girl, are you drunk? <laughs> I think my brain is over. <laughs> I think I just need to sleep once. Okay, it is Zeke, obviously. Yes, that is very much you. Yes. <laughs> Who's your least favorite you. character? <laughs> I'm gonna get you, girl. <laughs> Who's your least favorite character? Mm. Man, the last time we did this, it got really controversial. It did. And it always will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my least favorite character, I think it might be Gail or the health inspector. The health inspector is definitely... Gail's funny sometimes, and sometimes she's the most annoying character. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> I like Jimmy Pesto. He's gay. <laughs> With, um, Trey? With Trey. Trev, Trey. Trev. And he's also, like, a little bit gay for Bob, and we all know A hundred percent. And Bob's just regular gay. Yeah. He doesn't... 
mean to be gay for anyone. He's just is gay. Yeah. He's very in tune with his sexuality. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, my favorite character is it's a tie between Bob and and Louise. It's just mm-hmm. always going to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, least favorite character, definitely the ex- inspect the health inspector. I can't think of his name right now, but all I keep hearing in my head is Hiel, and that is not his name. Hiel. <laughs> that is a real person name, but I just, I don't remember. Hector? Said, Something with an H. I almost said Eugene, and that's Gene's <laughs> name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know Gene Butlong? Gene Butlong. Gene Butlong. Uh, I, now I have to Google it. Bob's mm-hmm. Burgers. Tell me, did you watch The Boys? The new stuff, the new one? No, no, that one's not out yet. You're right. Do you get a secret? Hugo, release? motherfucker. Hugo. Hugh- Hector nope. Hugo. Hugo is. Is it Hugo? Hugo. Hugo. They, they described him as Hugo. Hugo Harbacore is the short health inspector. <laughs> the short one. Who tries to put Bob's Burgers out of business on human flesh in human flesh. And continues to do so out of pettiness and sad, and a sad attempt for Linda to come back to him. You remember that episode where he goes to the nudist colony? That is a great episode. When are they going to release that uncensored? <laughs> oh, no, Hugo's packing. I hate you. I want to know why Linda was going to marry him. Not his personality, that's for sure. Yeah. And not his kissing either. Wait, no, his kissing. Yeah, she did say it was He was a kisser. good kisser, which yeah. means he was a good other thing. And that's gross to think about Bob's Burgers. Why would you say that? I hate this. All right, it's a late night. I think we should just jump into it. Okay, wait, I have a question, though. Oh, okay, go. Who's your favorite character on The Boys? Um, The big guy. Mother's Milk? The... the... Homelander? No. Butcher? Butcher and the little French Huey? guy. Oh, Frenchie... I think he's everybody's favorite. Frenchie's amazing. I love him. I like Butcher a little bit. What is that? It's Sprinklers. Oh. <laughs> it's oh. an alien. What is that? Oh. Well, who? Are you ready? Yeah. Were you just going to say something because you like did a thing? Uh, no. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> you guys have to understand. It's, a, it's 12 o'clock at night. Uh-huh. I've been here... Since 7.30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got tacos. We recorded a whole episode. We uh-huh. had six laugh sessions mm-hmm. that made me sound like a horse kicked me in the throat. Yeah, I made her take a break. That's why her voice sounds better, you guys. Yeah. It's really funny because they're going to get a treat where halfway through last, the last episode, your voice goes from totally normal to totally not okay. <laughs> I do have something for you, though. Oh. What is it? Here you go. It's a present. Oh, I love presents. Just oh, open it. It's a mask. Made by Iris. Oh my god. It's a gumshoe weekly mask. <laughs> Fuck yeah. We have matching ones. Oh my god, yes! Oh my god. This is perfect. And it fits my face. Yeah. <laughs> Which is rare. Um, You can undo the, the little tie things and make it so that it goes behind your ears like the regular ones. Ooh. Um, can I have the bag real quick, though? Oh, my God. You can have a bag. Um, yes. If you guys want to get a Gumshoe Weekly uh, mask, we will put these pictures on our social media. We'll give you all that at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a Facebook page, and it's Iris. I want to say Iris Vega. This is amazing. You like it? Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. 
It's our first piece of merch. I love it. Do we? I mean. Okay. So if you want to get your own Gumshoe Weekly mask, you can go to Iris Vega. Um, she has her grandkids in the picture um, on her cover page, and they have masks. She hand makes these masks. They're 100% cotton. They're perfect for your face. They're machine washable. But if you get a logo, you got to just be a little careful. Um, and they're sensory friendly. So that's a big thing. She makes them for people with autism and stuff like that. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, she hand cuts them, goes over the logo with you however you want to do it, that kind of thing. So they're super, super cute. We'll take a picture with them on and put them on our Instagram, and we will tag her so you guys can get your own Gumshoe Weekly mask from her. Yeah, she sent them to you as free shipping, all that good stuff. Ooh. Yes. So they're super cute. They're all black with a pink, our logo in pink. It says Gumshoe Weekly Mystery Murder Mayhem. All that good stuff. Cute. Alrighty, and that was my present for you. Oh, I love it. And you can have your backpack. I'm really going to one-up you next time. <laughs> so. I got you a statue of us. <laughs> Here it is. Here's a molding of our hands holding. <laughs> yes. We still have to do that. Well, we haven't gotten to episode 50 yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, how many? <laughs> we have six episodes oh until God. then. Well, Ooh. fuck me in the butthole. Yep. Ready? Okay, yeah. What are we ready for? This. Wait. <laughs> Yes, this. Wait. <laughs> Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Now it's my voice. Paper. Scissors. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock. Paper. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> you forgot shoot. the words? I forgot which one of us was winning. Okay, okay. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock. Paper. You won. Yeah. You yeah. Can, you can go first. <laughs> okay. This week, we're bringing you... A splash of mystery. <laughs> okay. Leave that in. Anyways, carry mm-hmm. on. Is it me? Yes. Okay. You go. So, 1992. Oh, the yeah. year before our Lord and Savior JJ was born. <laughs> okay. That wasn't in here originally. I'm doing a little ad libbing. It's very nice. Okay. A young woman, 23 years old, named Carol, that's not her real name, faces the unthinkable in a place known for safety, the hospital. In an innocuous visit to her doctor, she enters the examination room with Dr. John Schneeberger. Through Through scrupulous means, he drugs her, and while she is unable to fend him off, he rapes her. She goes forward to the police immediately afterwards, signs a statement, presses charges, and even has evidence, a semen sample, from her underwear. It is the 90s. The police take her seriously, but it is the 90s. So she already is at a disadvantage. We all know how these things went down. I think I know the story you're doing. Oh my god. Go on. I told you what story I was doing. No, I didn't. I don't. I. Go on. Okay. She is, Carol is an unwed mother, which automatically, apparently, would give you a reputation in the times. It's like little Bobby Dunbar's mama. Little Bobby Dunbar's mommy. And the doctor is a known family man with two daughters and no priors, which means he's a saint from the Lord above. He's amazing because he's a man and he has kids. Uh And as... And can do no wrong. And as AOC said... Having kids and a wife does not make you a good person. Mm-hmm. That speech was so good. It was so good. It was so good. 
I so. love her. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go on. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't. I don't care. Leave. <laughs> no one believes her. Either way, the police take his blood. Either way, the police doing their due diligence do take his blood. Because they have evidence, so they want to match it up. However, it does not match. Meanwhile, she has not accused anyone else of it. He's the only person she's accused of it. With no match, they're saying it wasn't him. But Carol would not bow out. She was vehement that they test him again. She knows what happened that night. But again, they test his blood, and it does not match. Dr. Schneeberger's wife, Lisa, doesn't understand why Carol is doing this to the family. She doesn't understand it. But she's just like, I don't get it because he's such a perfect husband. And he's her second husband, too. So she's like, I really think I found the one. I'm sorry. Have you not seen any serial killer from We're the so, 70s? We're so like, happy and beautiful. Uh, <laughs> what was that? It sounded like the Jersey Devil came in here for a minute. <laughs> we don't know how to fucking act. In 1994... Two years after this incident, the police have to close the case because she's not bending on who did it and they're saying it's not him. The facts don't lie. You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. But Carol knows what happened to her and she's smart. So she hires... <laughs> and she's smart. And she's smart. So she hires a private detec- detective who followed John. He tailed him until he found his opening to obtain some proof. Um, when John left his car unprotected, the PI breached it. He sifted through all of the contents until he found it, a used chapstick. He rushed it to the lab, and lo and behold, they confirmed the match to the underwear semen. They brought it to the cops, both samples, who then brought in John and tested him again. But there wasn't a match, and this time they couldn't even get enough blood to test, which uh-huh. was highly suspicious. So, How do you not get blood from a blood bag. They like, like you're a whole you're a, No, they <clears throat> you, are you calling a human being a blood bag? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I'm a vampire. <laughs> you literally are. <laughs> Did I show you that meme where the guy's like, hello, and <laughs> she goes, Good evening. And he's like, This bitch she thinks she's Dracula. <laughs> Anyways, Brianna thinks she's Dracula. <laughs> so they take the next route. His hair. Because they're like, if it's matching your chapstick and it wasn't you, why the fuck would you have the rapist chapstick in your car? And then they were like, we've tested your blood three times and why did you run out eventually? Why? Where's your blood at? Hey, where are you keeping your blood? Real quick though, your blood though. Since they can't get his blood, they're like, we need to find another way to test you. So they just take some of his hair out. Okay. So the question is how? How did he fake three blood tests? And before I say this next line, I'm going to tell you that I got some of this from Cracked. Cracked is a good one. Cracked.com. And the other one was theglobeandmail.com, which is like a Canadian website. That sounds like a porn site. It happened in Canada. Okay. So how? How did he fake three blood tests? Well, with a RoboCop vein. Okay. So in his arm, he had cut it open... And embedded a tube that had someone else's blood in it. And then sewn it back shut. And he kept that in there for literally years. 
That's disgusting. Because they tested him multiple times over years. Someone else's blood. So. He only did it in one arm. He didn't do it in both. He only did it in one arm. And now he you're He just getting... kept being like, this is my strong arm. You just do it in this arm. Yeah. And in this exact spot. Right here. Look. Look at this dot. You see this dot? Do that. Yeah. <laughs> you see the opening of this tube? Put it in here. Come on. Just put it right in there. <laughs> That's my big vein. <laughs> so. I hate this. Let's stop. This went. Let's quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this went unnoticed for some reason. The tech let him draw his own blood every time. What the fuck? Every time. Talk about 90s. He's like, hello, I'm a doctor. I might You're be doing a- it wrong. Let me mansplain this to you right I quick. know you think I'm a rapist. Let me draw my own blood. And they were like, well, I can't find a flaw in that plan. So Ugh. go right ahead, sir. Good day to you. So yes. during this investigation, so in 1994, they had to close it. And she keeps, Carol keeps pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but unbeknownst to her, in 1994, the same year that they closed the case, he drugged and raped a second victim. This victim doesn't come forward until three years later, approaching her mother, Lisa, in the home they share with her stepfather, John Schneeberger. So she says, Mom, I have something to tell you. And she brings her to her room showing a condom wrapper on the bed. And she told her mom, this is not the first time this has happened. Her mom, like a good mom, instantly believes her. Mm -hmm. And she kicks him out. And then they go forward to the police. The mom did say, though, she was like, I wish that I had... If she said, if I had believed Carol in the first place, then this wouldn't have happened to my daughter. Which... You can't really live like that, but I mean, Carol was his first victim that we yeah. know of, so. Anyways, he gets arrested. They find out how he was doing it with the blood and everything. And he actually ends up getting deported back to South Africa, where he's from. What a dirtbag. Zambia. So. That was good. Thanks. <clears throat> yeah, that was really good. I didn't know that Robocop arm thing, but I did know about this story. I, was, I kept coming upon it when I was doing mine. I've heard of the vein before. Like, that guy's vein. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear, like, the whole story of it. Yeah. Alrighty. So, <clears throat> my murder story. <clears throat> no, I don't want to say that. My, my story. <laughs> my story. <laughs> I'm just going to jump right into it. Jump in. Alright. No, go slow. <sighs> What is wrong with you? So many things. I All think right. I already told you earlier everything. Yeah. All fair of it. Enough. On November 25th, 1994, the year I was born. <laughs> the year of our second Lord and Savior. Yes. Brianna Christ. <laughs> a man walked into a bar. This is not a joke. I feel like it is. <laughs> In Fairmount, West Virginia. Okay. The bar was called The Last Stop. Getting specific now for a joke. Yeah, I know. Then the priest walked it out. <laughs> Why the long face? <laughs> he got... Ow. I had a pain in my chest. So funny that you're going to die. Yep. He got comfortable, had a few drinks, and soon, like many others before him, got to talking with the bartender. Oh, that's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Joking around and whatnot, he confined... He... 
confided. He confided? Why do I want to say it that way? <laughs> Confine me, sir. He confided. How, why, am I saying it wrong? No. Confided is the right word. It doesn't sound right. He confided in the bartender that in his pickup truck outside sat his dead fiance. At first, she brushed it off thinking it was just a weird joke until whispers started around the bar from bar patrons spotting a girl in the back seat of a 1994 Chevy Camaro. The girl was partially wrapped in a blanket. Eventually, the police were called and, ar- and arrested the man at the bar who would be identified as Forrest D. Fueler, a 28-year-old from the Pemberton Township, New Jersey. The dead girl would be identified as Jody Myers, Fueler's fiance. Uh, with Jody in the car was her wedding dress, which was in the trunk. Jody was a 20-year-old attractive blonde with a bubbly personality that the police were already searching for. When her friend Lillian Gaunt called them with suspicions that something had happened to Jody. Police took Fueler in for questioning, and the picture he painted was one of a tumultuous on-again, off-again relationship. So, Aren't they all? True. So... According to Fueller, on the night of November 23rd, 1994, Myers was trying to break off their relationship permanently. She explained she wanted to pursue love elsewhere. This sent Fueller into a jealous rage. He attacked her and proceeded to beat her and strangle her with both his hands and his tie. Oh, okay. After multiple failed attempts, he grabbed a steak knife and stabbed her five times, then drove to the convenience store where he worked and managed to steal $700 after his, ship was, his shift was up, before returning home to his trailer where Jody laid lifeless on the floor. He went on with the rest of his day, and in the early mornings of November 24th, he loaded Jody's body into the truck with her wedding dress. He got on the road and headed south towards California, where he landed at the well-named The Last Stop Bar. Oh, of course. <laughs> on his trip... He made a call along the way to Jody's mother and told her how he had killed Jody. But don't worry, he still planned to marry her in California. And once married, he would cut off Jody's finger with her wedding ring still on and send it to her mother. Cool. This guy is so romantic. Really is. Really a guy after my own heart. Oh, yeah. Can't even express it. I would let him cut off my finger. So word of Fueller's trip spread quickly and he was labeled the groom of doom and Jody the corpse bride. After his arrest to add even more fuel to the, the, nope. After his arrest to add even more what the fuck, it is revealed that Fueller, the hot mess that he was, already was married and had a younger son. What the fuck, bro? His estranged wife had a restraining order in place against him for pretty much the same thing of what he did to Jody. His wife attended the trial with their 10-year-old son in tow, and his trial ended in 1995 with him serving a 30-year sentence with no possibility of parole from his guilty plea. Wow. In court, he went on to say, I just want to say how sorry I am. I, too, have, had, I too have lost someone whom I love very deeply. Wow, dude. You killed her, Fuck though. you. You killed her, though. You can't Ooh. say that. <laughs> Um, in 2001, he requested a new trial that was denied, obviously. He is due to be released in November 2024. Oh, that's soon. Yep. Very, very soon. Jody's murder has inspired the 2016 Lifetime movie, The, Nighttime, the Nightmare Wedding. It's also been featured in 
tons of mm-hmm. articles and and newspapers and stuff like that mm-hmm. for the times. And that is the story of Jody Meyer, the corpse bride. Tim Burton's. Um, the corpse bride. <laughs> I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tasteless. <laughs> I think you went. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, no, actually. Um, how about no? How about <laughs> no, you crazy Dutch bastard? Wow. You really tied it up with a neat little bow? I sure did. Let's end this. <laughs> I'm still recording. It's over! <laughs> we didn't finish it! Oh. Okay, go. Okay, so if you would like to see the pictures and everything for this episode, they're going to be up on our Instagram and Twitter at Gumshoe Weekly. And our Facebook at Gumshoe Pod. And if you want to email us any questions or suggestions on topics, you can email us at gumshoeweekly at gmail.com. Have a fucking awesome life. Day.